Greetings to the PATH family. Our slogan at the PATH is meeting you where you are. We invite you to follow, share, and check us out on social media. You may connect with us at any time, anywhere. On Facebook at The PATH Church or Instagram and Twitter at Join the PATH. Without further delay, enjoy this week's sermon. As we continue our series, we are in a new series called Satisfied. Y'all got to say it just like that. Say it one more time, right quick. Satisfied? Y'all didn't say it with enough question mark on it. You got satisfied? There we go. And in this series, we wanted to take some time to move through the book that I preached about a couple of months ago, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And in that sermon I preached, Hindered by Hurry, I talked about how we are constantly bombarded with things in a way that hinders us and causes us to allow busyness to be the hallmark of our lives. And when I preached that, I talked about how our constant movement stifles our relationship with God. It hinders us from being exactly who God calls us to be. But you see, anytime I'm up here, I hope that you get something from God, but really, Every time I'm preaching to you, I'm really just giving you what God has given me as I'm navigating my own spiritual journey. And so with that transparency in mind, I felt like it was important for me to address really quickly my recent shift to co-vocational ministry. Co-vocational ministry. What that means is I'm still a pastor, but I'm also working in the marketplace. You see, a couple weeks ago on the 16th, Angel announced that it was my last Sunday on staff, and there was an audible gasp. I literally heard y'all say, and so I feel like I needed to share a little bit of this journey with you all. For some of you, it's the first time hearing it. For others, you've been riding with me through this journey as I've been trying to navigate. But over the last decade, I've had the privilege, the honor to be intimately involved with the inner workings of this church. I've contributed to the vision, the direction, the growth, the perspective, the culture as a millennial, and we've been able to enjoy it together. And so I want to rush to show my appreciation. Angel and Mike aren't here today, but I want to rush to show them my appreciation as two men who took a, they took a risk, trusting this young guy named Jazz, believing in me, and they have shared so much knowledge, wisdom, in ways that I could not have imagined, resources, access. And so as I've been making this shift, I'm grateful for everything that they've shared over the years that I've been able to experience. And I'm grateful for you all. As a church, you all have put up with me over the last 10 years as uh, a preacher. You have seen me grow. You have critiqued me. You have uh, developed me. You have encouraged me. You've given me insights. And so for that, I am grateful. And so it was not an easy decision. It wasn't something that I took lightly. It wasn't something that was made overnight, but it was a decision that is about eight months in the making. You see, August last year, as I began my last semester in seminary, I had to really begin to wrestle with this one question. God, how do you want me to navigate the next leg of this journey called life? You know, as I spoke with my wife, my parents, close friends, advisors, and with God, I had to start thinking about what it means to pursue God's purpose for me. 
And for many of you, you also have to do that. You have to begin to ask, God, what do you want me to do? What is your good desire for my family? And how do we need to take our financial stewardship to a whole new level? So I began to fast. I hate fasting. I began to pray. I began to wonder, God, what does it look like to reimagine my calling? And even practically, what do we need as a family? Because I have a son that's about to go to college. Y'all know that, right? Woo! It's coming. I was talking to Kevin before service, like, Kevin, how do I parent a teenager? Help me! And even over the last couple months, y'all been asking as we have, uh, we've adopted every little person in this church. There's one right there, there's one right there, one right there. And y'all ask, when is Uncle Jazz and Auntie Tay-Tay going to have their own kids? The wait is over. Lil Vic is on the way. Now, y'all don't be stressing my wife out, please. Thank you very much. So, whether y'all realize it or not, the message has already started. We already into it because over the last eight months, God has been dealing with me as the leader of my family, the leader of others, and God wasn't speaking to me in a burning bush. God wasn't speaking to me in a tornado, but everything instead was settled in silence, and that's my message title this morning, Settled in Silence. Everybody say it with me, Settled in silence. You see, through all of the noise over the last eight months, I had to take time to go to a secret place. I had to go through the wilderness to hear from God, and God gave me Psalm 46. Let's go to Psalm 46, verse 10. Let's open up the scriptures. Psalm 46, verse 10. If you're there, say there. If you need a moment, say hold up. It's on the screen anyway. Let's go. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. But what does it mean to be still? What does it mean for us to wait patiently for God? I'll tell you what it means. Be still here in the Hebrew means cease striving. It doesn't mean just sit still and do nothing. It literally means you're trying to push in a direction that you don't need to go. You're trying to create things that you don't need to create. You're trying to finesse your way through life, and God is saying, cease striving. Stop doing everything you think needs to be done and lean into me for the peace you need. You see, it's not an easy thing to do. If we think about it and take inventory of our lives, I think each and every one of us finds ourselves in a place where we are constantly striving. We're constantly thinking about what's the next move, where's the next place, who's the next person, what do I need to do, and we're striving when God is saying, be still. See, some of y'all know I was in seminary, I was running a rental car business, a clothing brand, being a dad, being a pastor, being a a friend, being a husband, being a whole lot of things. And God said, sit down somewhere. Be still. Stop striving. You see, I don't naturally exist in silence and solitude. I don't naturally 
like quiet. I'm the type of person, if I'm riding in the car, I got to have some music going. I got to make a phone call. I got I to gotta do something, even though God builds in times for us to just sit. We're in Atlanta. What are you doing on 285? Sitting. But in the midst of that, we find ourselves still constantly trying to create noise for ourselves. That's why we find ourselves on Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, Outlook, Gmail, Slack, CNN, ESPN, and we're inundated with noise. We've lived life in a noisy dysfunction for so long that we don't even know how to navigate silence. In the, in the back, right before service, Ed asked us to sit still and be silent for two minutes. 42 seconds in, I was like, ah, oh, man. Is it two minutes yet? And many of us don't recognize that is the life we live. We live a life where we don't embrace that God wants to download something to us, but in order for us to get it, we have to cease striving. See, in order to ruthlessly eliminate hurry, we have to pursue silence and solitude. And throughout Scripture, there's something to be said of choosing silence, choosing solitude, choosing eremos. And so as we walk through the Scriptures, I'm going to give you three benefits of choosing eremos, choosing eremos. Now, y'all know every time I preach, I'm going to give you a vocabulary word. Eremos. Eremos is a Greek word that translates to wilderness. But you see, the beauty of language is that it's nuanced, it's layered. It doesn't just mean wilderness where you go into the woods or you go into the desert and you sit. Wilderness in the biblical narrative is a choice oftentimes where you go and you have to deal with yourself. Elijah had to go in the wilderness. The Israelites had to go through the wilderness. Jesus went through the wilderness. Sarah had a wilderness experience. David, wilderness experience. Mary, in her own way, had to have a wilderness experience. You see, all of them had to encounter their version, some version of Eremos. You see, all these people had to find out how God wanted to move in their lives. And so today, we're going to spend a little time looking at Jesus in the Eremos. Let's open our Bibles to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. We're going to read verse 12 and 13 very simply. Mark 1, 12 and 13, it says this. And the Spirit immediately drove him, Jesus, out in the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days, tested by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. And so we have a short summary here of Jesus and what happened. But what preceded this? Jesus was baptized. And God spoke and said, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Now I'm going to send you into the wilderness. Look closely. It says the spirit drove him out into the wilderness. But guess what? He had to choose to follow the spirit. You see, in the Gospel of Matthew, it details that Jesus was tempted by the adversary in the wilderness for 40 days. 40 days. Y'all, we like to use menti.com around here. And so if you haven't logged on, go ahead and log on to menti.com because I have a question for you. Would you last for 40 days in the wilderness? Go ahead, answer the question for me. Would you last? Ooh, nah. 
Yeah, that's light work. 40 days, that's nothing. Let's see what y'all saying up here. That knob bubble is getting real big. Ooh, 80 y'all real spiritual. 10. Okay. For those of you who said, yep, this light work, I would like to see you after service so I can get some notes from you. Let me know how you make it 40 days because I don't last 40 minutes. See, I struggle with just 40 minutes with God. I struggle with taking time out of my busy schedule where I'm striving all the time to simply say, God, let me give you some blocked out time so that I can just hear from you. So that I can simply pull back from everything that's demanding my attention and say, let me just carve out. So 40 days? I can't take that. But you see, what I recognize from Scripture is that the first benefit of choosing Eremos is increased self-awareness. Increased self-awareness. Y'all see it in the passage? You probably didn't, so I'm going to show you. See right here in verse 13, if you blink, you'll miss it. He was tempted. He was tempted. Here's one thing about the Eremos. You ready? We're all tempted in silence and solitude. Each and every one of us, when we are faced with being in silence and by ourselves, we are tempted in some way, shape, or form. You don't believe me? When you had too much time on your hands, what did you do last? Last time you had too much time on your hands, what did you watch? Where did you go? Who did you text? You see, when we have too much time on our hands, we... We miss that there's something beautiful that God wants to do in our lives, but then we try to pack it with something else. And so if we pack it with other things, then we're not going to be aware of who God wants wants us to be. And so when we choose Eremos, when we choose to be led by the Spirit into a wilderness experience, then we find ourselves in a place where we know ourselves better. We know what we're triggered by. We know what we're drawn to. We know where we want to go. We know where God is trying to heal us. But if we don't spend time in silence and solitude, we miss that there is something about the temptation that's teaching us about ourselves. See, I honestly think we glaze over how Jesus navigated the Eremos. I mean, in the wilderness, we, we've kind of adopted this caricature of Jesus where Jesus, yeah, he was tempted. We read that. Hebrews said he's tempted in every way, but we don't, really, we don't really believe it. We don't even move like we believe that Jesus actually can relate to the ways that we're tempted in everyday life. And so we don't think about that Jesus was human. We know that Jesus struggled with sadness because it's in the Scriptures. We know that Jesus felt overwhelmed because it's in the Scriptures. We see it, but do you think about Jesus was a man. Jesus had urges. Jesus was a man, and so Jesus, what if Jesus had to deal with the lure of celebrity? Like, how would you feel if somebody was following you around all the time at your beck and call, and they just parted like the Red Sea every time you walked around? My head would get pretty big. I was like, I guess I am him, huh? <laughs> and so, 
if we embrace that, then when we read how Jesus navigated the most, then we have a better picture of how we too should navigate. See, I believe that Jesus knew exactly what he felt, and in the wilderness, he was able to fully recognize the gifts and challenges presented in the silence. So I got another quiz question for you. What did you learn about yourself the last time you spent time in the wilderness? I will say, for those of you who are not familiar with mentees, all answers are confidential. Nobody knows. They're anonymous. We cannot see what you wrote. But it is important for us to be honest because when we're honest, we recognize we're not alone. You see, that's why the theme of the year is never alone because we got to constantly come back to this idea that in community, when we're talking about what it means to battle temptation, live in the wilderness, navigate through the wilderness, we see that I'm not the only one going through it. And so what did you learn in the Eremos? Let's see what y'all, y'all ain't putting there yet? Oh, can we show the answers real quick? Press enter. Oh, there we go. That I can do nothing without God. I don't like myself some, see? That's real. I'm a hot mess. Ain't that the truth? One more for hot mess. That I'm not perfect. I yearn for comfort. See, when we're in silence and solitude, we realize that we have needs, and we try to cover those needs up with things that don't necessarily satisfy. You see, I, I drop the ball. I'm easily discontented. And that's why the title of the series is Satisfied. Because only in the Eremos can we find ourselves in a place where we can find true contentment within ourselves through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so if you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you will constantly be faced with this discontent. And so first, the first thing you got to do is lean into God and receive the Holy Spirit. Believe, repent, be baptized. But then when you have the Holy Spirit and you're walking through this journey called life, you got to say, God, I'm willing to learn in the wilderness. See, last time I spent significant time in the wilderness, I learned some things. I learned that I'm afraid of making the wrong decision. Can anybody relate to that? Have you ever had to make a decision and you got to a crossroads and you figured, I don't want to be wrong? Like, who, who decided what was wrong or right about your decisions? But I also learned I'm scared to fail. But what's failure? It's an opportunity to learn. And then I also learned that I have to contend with my own insecurities. Y'all, when I made this decision, months and months and months of thinking, I thought about, you know, I'm actually good at what I do. I don't want to learn something new. I feel like a giraffe, a baby giraffe right now at this new job. I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what y'all talking about. I don't know why I'm on this meeting, but I'm here. And so contending with my own insecurities, I've had to wrestle with that in the wilderness. But you know what else I learned? Just like Jesus, I learned that I'm equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm equipped, and I learned that I, God has an amazing plan for my life if 
I allow God to be my refuge and not my talents. Brothers and sisters, Mark 1.12 says that it was the spirit that drove Jesus into the wilderness. And if I'm honest, I've always been perplexed. Why would the spirit send me into the wilderness? Like, it doesn't make sense. God, why would you push me into the wilderness? I don't like the wilderness. The wilderness doesn't feel good. But I think the answer is this. In order for us to become more self-aware, but also so that we can discern God's voice against the others. And that's the second benefit of choosing Eremos, discernment of God's voice. How many voices have y'all heard today? Before you washed your face, you probably rolled over and looked at your phone, heard the voice of the social media. Before you brushed your teeth, you heard your siblings, you heard your parents, you heard your spouse, you heard your kids. You heard something before you even got to church. And then on the way to church, you heard somebody telling you what you ain't do right. You heard somebody telling you what you didn't look like. You heard somebody telling you, and your insecurities, your fears, and your failures all bombarded you before you got here. And in all of that, when did you slow down to hear the voice of God? You see, choosing Eremos is just that. It's a choice. Every day we face choices. I mean, Jesus could have chosen to disregard the Holy Spirit. Jesus could have said, you know what, I don't want to go to the wilderness, so I won't go to the wilderness. Jesus could have said, you know what, I think I'm just going to go ahead and start my ministry and skip this whole refining process. Instead, Jesus chose to follow the Spirit. And in Mark 1.35, he chose to get up. Mark 1.35, we're going to jump down a little bit. It's a familiar passage for many of us if we've been around reading our Bibles for some time. Mark 1.35, this is the scripture that everybody who's studying the Bible and on a journey gets for the motivation to have a quiet time. Am I lying? You got to have a quiet time in the morning while it's dark because that's what we're supposed to do. But guess what? It's not about what we're supposed to do. It's what we need to do. Mark 1.35 says this, in the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he did what? He did what? Prayed. In the morning, while it was still up, still dark, Jesus made a lot of choices. When? In the morning. Early. How early? While it was dark. He did what? He got up. After he got up, what did he do? Went. See, I ain't going to hold you. I'm not a morning person. I'm not. I'm not going to stand up here and act like I get up. Am I lying? Uh-huh. <laughs> See, I got three alarms. One for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm still not lying. Like, it, it makes Taylor mad. <laughs> but see, I'm convicted when I see this because this verse tells me something. Jesus, 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 Jesus knew that he needed to hear the voice of God before every other voice started to compete for his attention. See, if you keep reading it, you keep reading this after Mark 1.35, it says Simon and the boys were looking for him. That's a jazz paraphrase. But Simon said, hey, everybody's looking for you, Jesus. Now, how did they know where to go find Jesus? Because Jesus made it a habit of retreating into a place that was quiet for him. They didn't have a beeper, a cell phone. 
<laughs> they didn't have. Some of y'all don't know what a beeper is. If you under like 17, eight, nah, if you under like 25, you probably never seen a beeper in your life. But they had no way of contacting Jesus. And so how did they know where to go to find Jesus? Jesus probably said, hey, y'all, listen, I'm going over here. And I'm going to consistently go over here to hear God's voice. You see, before Jesus attempted to go to the philosophers and the wise men and the perspectives of the day, Jesus said, I got to spend time with the one who knows me best. In the same way, before you go to the perspectives, politicians, and podcasts, you got to spend time too. See, the thing is, we don't, we don't know what Jesus said in his solitary prayers. We don't know what Jesus encountered in every moment with God. But we know that the gospel writers thought it was important enough to note that Jesus could not power through without God. Y'all, over the last few months, I've realized that God is trying to get my attention, trying to tell me, find a sustainable pace for my mental, emotional, spiritual, physical health. And when I stopped to listen, I was able to discern the voice of God saying, put it down. Put down the expectations. Put down the pride. Put down the weariness. Put down the unrealistic people pleasing. Put it down. But what's God telling you to put down? Because everything is up for grabs. (laughs) God is calling all of us to put something down. There is something, whether it's a perspective, whether it's a person, whether it's a place, God is calling us to put it down. So what is God calling you to put down? We can go back to the question. I want to see what people are saying. Busyness, fear, perfectionism, people's opinions, dating, my phone. Yeah, put the phone down. Seduction, chasing money, this is good because we all have something to put down. And for every one of us that's answering, there's many of us that still are trying to figure out, what is God calling me to put down? See, God may be calling you like like y'all said it, (laughs) to put down your phone put down your fear, to put down that idol, to put down that perspective, put down the weight that you're carrying, but you won't know it until you choose Eremos. Everybody say it with me. Choose Eremos. See, I love this quote from the Silence and Solitude chapter where Comer says this, the noise of the modern world makes us deaf to the voice of God, drowning out the one, one, Input we most need. Whew! Ain't that the truth? We get input from everything and everybody. And God is like, I'm here. I'm waiting. See, this week alone, I've had so much noise come to me from all sides, and I've had to bear the weight of leading my family, parenting my child, leading others, learning new things, the expectations of perspectives of others, and all of that. Where is God? Brothers and sisters, I wish I could tell you that God was just on speed dial. It's just, it's easy to get Jesus on the main line so you can tell him what you want. But contrary to popular belief, you have to choose silence and solitude. And it's a conscious decision. But it's worth it. 
You know, something I found interesting in my research as I pre- prepared for this sermon was that the desert fathers and mothers of Syria, Egypt, and Palestine in the third and fourth centuries, y'all know what that is? Third and fourth centuries? 1,700 years ago, they said, you know what? They believe that withdrawing from the distractions of the world allowed them to focus on prayer, contemplation, and the cultivation of virtues such as humility, patience, and love. 1,700 years ago, they figured that out. They didn't have a cell phone. They didn't have a computer. They didn't have a Google. They figured out in the third and fourth century that if we don't choose silence and solitude, someone else will choose our attention. And so if they figured it out then, then how much more do we have to recognize that all of the technology at our fingertips causes the anxiety? And we hear all of the voices. I mean, studies show sociologically that 30-minute reduction in social media use lowers your loneliness and depression. So if you look at social media 30 minutes less, you actually might not feel lonely or depressed. What if you subbed that 30 minutes for time with God? What if you locked your phone somewhere and said, I'm going to spend this 30 minutes just listening to the voice of God, reading the Bible, singing God's praises? You know, I think it might be necessary to choose Eremos as we grow in our self-awareness and we hear God's voice. But finally, the last benefit of choosing Eremos is clarity in direction. Everybody say clarity in direction. You know, based on an article in Psychological Science, the average person makes 35,000 decisions a day. Can y'all even count that many decisions? You decided what time you were going to get up, whether you were going to listen to the alarm or disobey the alarm. You decided what you were going to eat. You decided how you were going to drive. You decided when you were going to leave, what you are going to wear, what it's going to look like when you wear. You made a lot of decisions. And for many of us, we have these, these highfalutin jobs. I know some of y'all. Y'all making 60,000 decisions a day. And so in the midst of all of those decisions, would it be safe to assume that we need some clarity in direction? Is that a safe assumption? See, not only did Jesus go to spend time with God, but Jesus often made decisions that required direction from the Holy Spirit. But without self-awareness to know our proclivities, our ears can't be tuned to God's voice. And it's hard to be resolute in the direction we're walking in. And so... When Jesus was in the wilderness and being tempted by the adversary, he had to clearly hear God's voice. But then he also had to know when it was time to go and minister to the broken. After Jesus was in the wilderness, every gospel account, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the synoptic gospels all say, and Jesus went to preach. Jesus started his ministry. See, I wish I could tell you that over the last eight months, every turn, I knew the right way to go, best thing to do, but I can't. But as I chose Eremos, God was speaking. You know, there was, a, there was a time about eight months ago. I felt like God was nudging me. I was feeling empty. I was feeling frustrated. I was feeling like I needed to just go by myself to get refueled. So I hopped in my car. I went to this worship night. I didn't know nobody. I didn't invite nobody. I didn't tell nobody. I just wanted to go by myself to sing, to worship, to praise God. So that night, I was standing in the back of the auditorium by myself, 
And this older woman was walking around praying for people, and she walked up behind me, and she just started rubbing my back. I'm like, who's touching me? And she said, I don't know you, and I don't think you know me, but you're carrying something that's too heavy for you. You have to let it go. And if you don't, it will break you. And there are young men who need to hear your story. There are young men that need to know who you are. But if you don't let it go, it won't happen. I didn't know what she was talking about. (laughs) And some of y'all might hear that and write it off. If you talk to me long enough, I've had several experiences like that in my life. You might even say, that was generic. Was that really God? And the answer is yes. Because she had no way of knowing that I was in the midst of trying to figure out what to do, where to go. And if I hadn't chosen the wilderness, I would not have the sensitivity to God's voice. God was using her in that moment. And when I left that night, all I could do was cry. Because something in me was shifting And God was saying, let it go. See, I had no idea what opportunities would come. I had no idea what direction my life was moving in. All I knew was that God wanted to do something beautiful in my heart and mind so I could be settled in silence. Why do I share that with y'all? Because I share it because somebody is sitting here or watching online and God is pushing you to choose Eremos. God is pushing you into the wilderness and you're resisting it. You don't want to go into the wilderness because it feels like it's going to hurt, and it will. It feels like you're going to be tempted, and you will. It feels like you're going to be sifted, and you will. But God wants to speak to you, and you got to embrace the man or the woman in the mirror. God is calling you to greater, but you don't want to let go of your comfort. You don't want to let go of your relationship. You don't want to let go of your perspective. You don't want to let go of your sinful nature. You don't want to let go of your old ways of doing. And God is saying, choose Eremos so that you can be more self-aware, so that you can hear my voice, and so that you can go in the direction that only I can give. See, today a couple of people are getting baptized, and it's a beautiful moment. Y'all can clap for that. But I want y'all to know, this is the beginning. You might have thought that the last few months were difficult. You might have thought that it was challenging. You might have thought that it was the hardest thing to let go and to see yourself in a deeper way. But I want you to know, you will have to, just like Jesus, go into the wilderness. And in the midst of going into the wilderness, you got to trust that God is going to move. God is going to speak. God is going to direct you, and if you lean into it, God will use you. See, if you're struggling in your faith, this is for y'all who have already decided Jesus is Lord. If you're struggling, I want to tell you, you got to take some time, shut out the noise, and see where God is trying to lead you. Where's the Spirit trying to take you? As we prepare to take communion, I want to encourage you, before we even get the communion cups, I want us to spend a minute in silence. Put your phones down. Try to quiet your thoughts. 
And the only thing I want to encourage you to think about is this. God, where are you speaking to my soul? The minute is up. Did anybody have difficulty quieting their thoughts in that minute? Let's go to God in prayer. God, you are the one that wants to speak to us. You constantly move in order for us to see you, and yet we struggle to have eyes to see. God, I pray that while you are working in us, traversing through the various components of our hearts, strengthening our hearts, sifting our hearts, I pray that we can Lean into it. God, as we take this cracker that represents Jesus' body and drink this juice that represents Jesus' blood, I pray that we can be reminded that Jesus did not get to the level of sacrifice that he sacrificed without the Eremos, without the wilderness. And God, I pray that as we leave here, we can leave thinking about what it is that you want us to do and how you want us to emulate Jesus for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We love you, God, and we pray all of this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. New sermons are uploaded each Monday morning. Simply search The Path Church Atlanta in iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting service. Additionally, we greatly appreciate your feedback on iTunes. If you would like to learn more about The Path, we encourage you to visit www.thepath.church. We hope to fellowship with you soon.